Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the owner of Summerlee Boxing Gym, Lynn Miller. Originally from Wales in the UK, Lynn moved to Phuket 12 years ago. She talks about her journey to Phuket and her journey in Phuket, working in the very male-dominated sport and business of Muay Thai. Lynn is one amazing lady, strong and resilient, smart and kind, and will not take any nonsense, that's a clean way to say bullshit, from anyone. I love Lynn. She's super, super, super cool. I like this one. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting oh, me. Oh, wow, that was very... I, that, that was very posh. <laughs> that was very posh. <laughs> you're, 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 have you been studying about how no, interviewing... No, this is my first podcast. So Have you not done a podcast no, before? No, I've never done a podcast before. Nobody's... At, well, somebody Plenty of video. once. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't want to do a podcast because I don't like talking. And the guy said, Lynn, have you ever met yourself? <laughs> That's like saying you don't like going to charity events yeah. and buying lots of stuff that's yeah. in the raffles. Yes. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't really like wine. <laughs> I don't, actually. I don't drink anymore. Lynn Miller. Yes. From, now, let's get this right. Oh, don't point at me. Sumali. Is that right? Sumali. Oh, so, so, no, it's the answer Sumali. to your question. Sumali. Sumali. Yeah. Boxing gym. Yeah. Is it boxing gym? It is, isn't it? It is boxing yes. gym, yeah. Okay. How long have you been in Phuket for? I have been in Phuket for nearly 12 years now. It'll be 12 years in August. Um, but the first time I came to Phuket was in 2000. That was 21 years ago. I no, did the maths. Check you yes. out. And the first time I came to Thailand was in 1983. There you go, Jay. <laughs> Were you born then, Jay? Oh, Just. oh thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking that one. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. Uh, 83, what was I doing in 83? Probably not a lot. Uh, probably watching WWF. You were probably quite wrestling. young. I was. I, I'm a 76. I'm 45. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. I'm not telling you how old I am. You, you don't you, need you to You don't know. look a day over 30. I know. Um, <laughs> Russell's older. 38. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you come here in 83? What was the, the uh, holiday, I'm guessing? I actually came on my... Well, I didn't come to Phuket. I came to Thailand. Okay. So I, I went to Bangkok and I went to Pattaya. And it, I actually came on my honeymoon. So it was my first... Uh, foray into the Far East, and we did Hong Kong, uh, Bangkok, Pattaya, and Singapore, but not in that order. When were you in Hong Kong and Singapore? I was in Hong Kong from 79 to 90, and Singapore from 90 to 94. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Did you bump into each other? No. I don't think we did. No. We, we might I mean, I went to my odd... I went to my fair share of charity dues in Hong Kong back in the day, so you know we might. Have I wasn't into charity dues. <coughs> so in that stage. case, no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford them. Uh, only stage. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all with the champagne. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was the? So where were you? Fr- UK originally. Yes. Whereabouts? I'm from South Wales originally. Okay. But I spent most of my adult life in the New Forest, which you know very oh, well. Oh, I know very Jay. well the New Forest. Yes. Ditto. Yes. Yeah. Whereabouts in South Wales? So the place I was born was a place called Newbridge. 
which is just across the border, actually, in South Wales. But, so I lived there for 17 years. And then I went to the Midlands for one year because my parents moved up to the Midlands. Then I went back to South Wales for six years. I was in Swansea for six years. Okay. What were you doing at that point? I'm guessing that was in post Swansea, school. I was at university, yeah. Oh, okay. What, you, what was your, your uni degree? So I did two degrees, Ooh, of course. check you out. Needless to say. Uh, so my first degree was in psychology. Mm-hmm. And my second degree was a PhD, which was okay. a... A study on the, what was it? The cognitive, social, and psychological effects of secondhand cigarette smoke. So it was one of the early studies on passive smoking. Okay. And what, was your, what were your findings? Ah, <laughs> uh, that... Just that, out of interest, that, if you remember. What, what, what did I oh, actually I mean, say about I the mean, that, that It was a huge uh, volume of uh, many, many different... Uh, mm studies and experiments so that the the findings were that basically and to cut a long story short that of course at that time people smoked a lot more than they do now and it was very common in meetings Mm. and things like that to be um, in a a very smoky environment so the the basic finding was that non-smokers did actually suffer a considerable amount of psychological discomfort from being in a smoky environment and that affected how they performed on cognitive tasks and how they interacted interpersonally as well and how they Mm. perceived smokers so in short that was what it was about and i I would also argue the the physical side effects of that that, that, i mean obviously from from phd you're just doing Uh, and i was doing psychology yeah 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 yeah. 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 do you two want to carry on no sorry just i'm out of this right now (laughs) Um, have you ever smoked Yes, I did. Yeah, okay, I did. and were you, were you smoking at the time? I was smoking at the time. So yeah. what was the... Because on one side, you're kind of looking at it from another... Were you looking to say, no, these, these second-hand smokers are full of shit, they don't know what they're talking about, there's nothing wrong with smoking? Or was it a case of you were aware of what the, the, the real impact of smoking was? No. Or was it just a random, it oh, was, that sounds like a good idea? None of those things, actually. It was because at that time it was an emerging issue right and i was offered a scholarship to do some research from the social science research council and uh so having been offered this scholarship um that i then discussed with my um the person who was going to supervise my phd uh you know well well what do we think is going to be a good area to work on and he'd seen a report uh in one of the highbrow newspapers, but I can't remember which one it was. The Sun. Yes, it was. <laughs> and it was a study on pilots and how pilots... Sorry. pilots from the L, not pirates. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought you said parrots. That's what I was thinking. I was going to make parrot jokes. Airline. I was going to make parrot jokes. Yeah, it was okay. airline pilots. Yeah. And... Um, yeah. So I can't remember a lot oh, about that. Airline pilots. Airline pilots. Because, of course, at that time, you could smoke on airplanes. My old man used to do that, because my old man was a smoker. And at the time, well, yeah. I thought you were going to say he was a pilot. No, he wasn't a pilot. He <laughs> um, might a have been a, might have been a pirate. <laughs> um, he was never a pilot. he used to go to the back of the plane, where you could, there was Ooh, like certain seats yes. at the back of the plane you were yeah. allowed to go. Yeah. And then people would swap, and they'd say, oh, can you have five yeah. minutes in your seat? And, yeah. stuff like that. And, and actually, you could still do that up until um, 2000, at least, on certain on airlines. Certain really? Airlines, yeah. yeah. On Malaysian Airlines, mm. you could do it, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember when they started to phase it out, but there were certain airlines the that allowed it for a long time. Yeah. What, was your, um, what was your fags of choice? Well, before... 
Um, I mean cigarettes for the American yeah. listeners. <laughs> so actually my research actually led me into the tobacco industry, which might be um, a strange choice. So I went, after I finished my PhD, and this is relevant to the question, after I finished my PhD, I was recruited as a research scientist for BAT, which is a company you may well be familiar with. British American Tobacco? Yeah, which is, that's why I ended up in the Southampton area, the New ah. Forest area, because the research and development is in Southampton. Uh, so before, prior to joining BAT, I smoked Marlboro, and on Rates. joining... Red, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course I did, yeah. And then oh, yeah, I went yeah. to BAT. I switched brands to 555, which was their ha, ha, ha. signature brand. I've yes. never heard of 555. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's it um, yeah, it yeah. very popular, particularly in Asia at that time. Oh. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. So well, you're coughing enough, so I'm just yeah. going to say, how many fags have you had today? Yeah. Cigarettes, that is. Yeah. Once again. Did you... When you did your psycho psychology degree, yeah. what did you want to go into? Oh, well, now this is another story. I wanted to be a clinical psychologist. And uh, so a clinical psychologist deals with, uh, we used to call it abnormal behavior in, at that time, but it, it dealt no, with people Jay. that had um, uh, psychiatric issues. Hmm. And uh, I was really, really keen. This is what I wanted to do. And when you read about it in textbooks, it's incredibly interesting. And um, so initially, I was going to do an MSc. After my first degree, I was Hold going on. to do an MSc. Master of Science. <laughs> Thank you. In clinical psychology. And I was all lined up to do that. But I was very fortunate because we had at the university a a clinical psychologist that used to work as a mentor to the students. And he uh, said that he, those people that were going on to do the MSc in clinical psychology were invited to go to the local psychiatric hospital, which was called Kevin Coyd, and it was on the edge of Swansea, uh, to, to spend a day there to get a feel for what it was like. And I went, and I can tell you now, within <laughs> five minutes, I knew I that I could that. never... Uh, this was a mental hospital, basically. Well, we like to call them psychiatric hospitals. Yeah, it's a mental hospital. <laughs> a mental hospital. Yeah. And it was... Um, was I, it back in... Uh, so, so it's back in so the days was, where it was um, straight jackets and kind of... I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I'm guessing much? the standards were a little bit different. The... To be honest, I didn't actually witness people in straight jackets, but there, there were rooms that were padded to deal with um, and people that had uh, psychotic episodes. I, I don't, I'm not going to ask you your age, but how old were you at that time when you, uh, went, to, when you went to that place? Well, I was just finished my degree, so, so I was 21. 21, okay. And um, the... I, I, they, at that time, I, I don't even know if they still do this, but they used to do a therapy called ECT, which is electroconvulsive therapy. The one. And I, I witnessed that as well, which was like horrific. It was just... Well, they still do that in America with tasers. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that joke. That was a good one. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. We can yeah. finish now. Yeah. Yeah. We're not editing yeah, that bit. You, I saw it on your list that you had to include a joke. One, <laughs> one joke an episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. So mental people is what you wanted to go into. Yeah, I wanted to go into that, but I just knew then that, that this was not going to be a, the field for me. It was, uh, there were, there were, 
there were lots of men in particular uh, who all day long had to stay in their pajamas because um, they couldn't escape. They, it's, it, so that if they did escape, you can recognize they, them, yeah. they would be easily found. There <laughs> were locked wards and they, like double levels of security and um, Oh, I just, I just can't, I still remember it very clearly and I can't describe to you how horrific it was. And it was scary, for me it was scary because their behaviour was unpredictable. Mm. And you didn't know what they were going to say and what they were going to do. And I, I realised that, that I couldn't cope with that. Uh, that it was, um, I, I, I need to have predictable situations, otherwise it become very uneasy. So. Um, that was the end of that. So um, you went into smoking? Sorry? You went into smoking instead? Yeah, but it was very predictable. I, smoking, I, yeah. 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 <coughs> I, I can completely relate. Um, we mentioned on a, on a previous podcast, I had a, for different reasons, mm. but I had a similar reaction when I, I was at a much younger age when I was sort of thrust into that environment uh, as a part of a school sort of community mm. outreach program. And it just freaked me right, yeah. right, right out. And I was yeah. just like, there was just no way, even today, I, I still struggle in that sort of environment. Yeah. And from... From your perspective, though, you were looking at, I want to be a, a clinical psychologist mm. at the time, but there's, there's such a range of uh, psychiatric issues, for want of a better term, dealing with anything from just, say, dare I use the term, straight, standardized depression, as non-standardized as that is, versus someone that's got some very, very serious issues where neurons aren't firing or are firing at the wrong time. Mm. So you're dealing with very unpredictable elements versus dealing with someone that's just really clinically depressed, but not necessarily unpredictable. I, but I think that the thing was, as I remember, and this is a long time ago now, in order to qualify to be a clinical psychologist, you have to you go have to through, through all that. the different right. elements, yes. okay. which included a period of secondment in a psychiatric gotcha. hospital. Okay. Period of what, sorry? Secondment. Okay, Russell? Working now. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. What do they call it now? Um, Working. I um, know. Some of us just use normal words. Work experience. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. <laughs> free stuff. Yeah. yeah. Working for free. Uh, Internship. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. Um, and I was qu I was quite fortunate because at that time I had three options. Was one was clinical psychology because I. Um, I, I I always kept my options open. So one was clinical. The other was industrial. I'd been accepted in Sheffield University to do an MSc in industrial okay. psychology. And then the third one, which came at a late stage, once I got my degree and the results of my degree, I then got offered the scholarship. Right. And that gave me the opportunity of spending a further three years in university, which I, you know, I jumped at the chance. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have done that. So that's what I did. Yeah. Sweet. Wow. There you go. Yeah. And then well, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> New forest smoking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so before, so the, you, you, you then came to Thailand in '83 for a, for a holiday. Yeah. So when did the you were still working and living in the New Forest? Yeah. From then up until twelve years ago. Yeah. So what were you doing in the New Forest? Because you weren't still working for the the cigarette company. No, I, I only worked for them for five years, and then I um, and during that period of working for them. I did um, come to the Far East, though it wasn't Thailand, it was uh, in that case, that was Singapore and Malaysia. 
working on research projects, which kind of reinforced my interest and fascination with Asia. Um, but after that, after that five-year period, I then set up my own research consultancy uh, called Miller Associates, and I, I worked on research projects primarily in um, kind of social policy, local government projects, and I think I did that for 25 years. I had that wow. research business for 25 years. When you say research, what do you... It was Put mainly, that in my terms. Homework. <laughs> it was mainly, um, so th I, I worked on all aspects of, um, in particular, local government. So it could be on education, it could be on roads, it could be on uh, recycling. So, so the government would ask you to do some research yeah. on the road? Well, it wasn't actually on, on the road as such. What, what it would be was would be at a more strategic level. So... Um, basically, in, in government in the UK and in local government, it, behind what happens on the ground, there's, there's a hell of a lot of strategic mm. planning. And, um, for example, there's, there's something called the local transport plan, right? So they, they don't just decide one day, oh, I'm going to build a road. Um, they, they have a plan, and it'll be a 20-year mm. plan, and that plan will have to take account of um, current road conditions, future road conditions, or all the expected parameters that will impact on, on what's required within the transport plan. And it might be new housing development, it might be a, a new airport term, mm. terminal, or whatever. They have to plan for that. They can't just suddenly say, oh dear, we've got a new terminal at Southampton Airport, we need to build a road. Like they do it's, here. Yeah, exactly, it has to be. <laughs> more longer-term yeah. planning. Yeah. And that plan has to go through a public consultation phase. So, because often the plan uh, might involve um, building a new road through the New Forest, for example, and uh, people in the New Forest um, are not going to be happy mm. about that. So, part of the process would be that the public consultation stage, where you would uh, talk to local people, and, and you might do that in, you know, there might be different ways. It might be, or like business to business will be one-to-one -one interviews with business leaders. A lot of focus groups, which I'm sure you've heard of, and, and surveys. And, and, and the, the, the purpose of it was to try and um, put into perspective so, so people would understand well, this is the reason why we, we need a new road or we need a new bypass or whatever. So, so people could make informed decisions about whether or not they supported um, a, a particular policy. So your company would do that research? We would do the research. And then once we'd done the research, that would then be presented to the politicians uh, or the, the local politicians in that case. And then the politicians would... would would vote on that policy. So the policy is uh, designed by the civil servants. The, then you go through the public consultation phase, and then it's the politicians that will decide whether or not to go forward with that. So 25 years of so that. So 25 years of presenting. Um, I mean, obviously, it wasn't all rose. There were a lot of very interesting projects, too. But doing the work, doing the research, pulling it all together, and then presenting it to uh, the, the people that ultimately would make the decisions. How did you choose to go down? I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of um, 
psychology in that. Uh, well, I'm, sure I'm sure there's elements uh, of it, and also missed, but the, the research. You missed the link. You missed the link, Russ. Yeah, you're the missing link, Russ. I, I went at the wrong exit around about yeah, or something. You, you did. Yeah. So during the PhD, that it was a research-based PhD. That bit I, I connect. So yeah. then you, you you learn all the research or, or used uh, all the research methods. Yes. So those research methods are Apply applicable in yeah, different okay. situations. And of course, th this kind of stuff it's all kind of attitude measuring and stuff like that which is very much in the okay. area in the field mm. of psychology sure. so okay, cool. so there was a link but Excellent. it wasn't quite as direct as one might expect yeah well no, i mean to be fair so many people i mean well i was gonna argue myself included we go to uni do a degree and then do something completely different yeah so that which is not completely out the realm did you not so train dogs at university no i did hotel management and i swore i would never work in hotels ever ever again although technically i'm now running a hotel technically which one canine point academy right. if you've got a dog <laughs> yeah. that needs training or you're just going away for a little while then you can go to canine point academy That's that was fucking seamless <laughs> there you go 12 years ago you made the move to phuket yeah so what was the process of you going do you know what i've done 25 years done my time okay. associates I, yeah. want a, I want a new challenge i want something new i want to get out what what was the reason for you to come in well there was um on the business-wise side of things, I, I had been doing it for 25 years. I, I, I feel that I was, the business was moderately successful. And, um, but it was, you know, do, do, well, that, there were a number of things actually. I was getting older and I always had a thing about as a uh, external contracted out consultant, I always felt that there's an age limit on it because you get to a point where the, um, the client is kind of looking, who, who are we going to contract these services out to? And there, there are a lot of younger people coming, coming up. They um, may be more dynamic, maybe cheaper, um, not so experienced, but obviously yeah. in local it's government, balance, there right? is, yeah. it's all about cost. And of course, at that time, it was 2009, we were, we were hitting the financial crisis, mm. budgets were being cut. Um, and one of, one of the things that was um, quite pivotal, really, was um, I went to a meeting, and, and the, the, the council was Basingstoke and Dean Borough Council. And there was, there was a politician there. Uh, he was, um, uh, what do you call them, the uh, chair of the council, but not quite sure if that was the name, but he was the, uh, the lead man of, of the council. And um, he was a bully. He was a real, real bully. And it was a meeting. There always there were many things on the agenda of which the research that I was presenting was one of them. But he, there was um, a young officer civil so young officer and she came in to present her findings and I can't remember the details but he really really bullied her and none of the other uh, officers more senior officers none of them supported her and it was a dreadful dreadful experience to watch and and I just thought mm, do I really want to be doing this do I want to be kind of watching these things play out for much longer? That, that you know, maybe there are other things that I can be doing at this stage in my life. So, so it was a number of different factors really that all came together, and um, I just felt 
I'm going to have a year off. I'm going to do something because I'd, throughout my career, I'd gone from one step to the other to the next and I'd never had a career break. So I just thought, I'm going to have a break for a year. I'm going to follow the, the thing that I've always wanted to do, which is to, to live in Asia for a while. And um, that was the decision. And the reason why we came to Phuket is that we had been coming to Phuket for nine years by that time. Just oh, holidays. holidays. Oh, so yeah. you've, been having, you've been back and forth having yeah, holidays. Yeah, been back yeah. and forth. Okay. Because in 2000, they built um, the JW Marriott in the north of the island. And we invested in one of their vacation club weeks. Oh, you've got timeshare. I've got two. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Check you out. Yeah. So we invested in that. And um, because of that, we then came to back and forth to Phuket on a regular basis. So that was why we came, chose Phuket. What was it, a little bit of a drink of water, what was it like Phuket back in 2000 and when you first started coming? Because I bet it was a lot different now. Dirt tracks and a lot of places going over the hill it and stuff like that. that um, <laughs> a lot of people ask me that. And um, I think one of the things, uh, when you come to a place like this on holidays, you actually, only see a very very limited sure. part of the in this case island so mm. and and to be honest with you we mainly so we stayed in the jw marriott and we mainly came down the main road and went to patong or it, it, at that time it was mainly patong that you went to for the mm. rest tell us about your times in patong oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't actually see much of what oh, was i bet you saw, some saw a, a fair bit yeah <laughs> In terms of the infrastructure, you didn't really see... I bet there's a fair amount of infrastructure. <laughs> what was going on behind the scenes? Behind the scenes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went to the blowjob bar then. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 and then when you live here, it happens very gradually, doesn't it? And surprisingly, <laughs> there's still... <laughs> there's still very very large areas of Phuket that are, are still very natural and very undeveloped no it's true I've, I've been flying well until I crashed my drone flying my drone a lot you can see there's so many beautiful places that are not and you're right the, the development is so close to the main road that's what you see yeah right yeah. in the middle and to the sides oh, and north and so many places it's lovely. There. and and in particular during this um, period when we haven't got many tourists and I've had more time to myself i've spent a lot of time going out and seeing these less developed parts and it and it's beautiful it's really really beautiful mm. so you decided to make the move here full time or for the no, year no, it it just for the year. year yeah yeah it came okay. for a year and so where did you stay then i stayed in Nihan. okay so yeah. you were a vegan and doing yoga at the time <laughs> no okay. at that time Nihan yeah. wasn't like that <laughs> uh yeah no i stayed in actually at that time uh Nyan, the main thing I think was the uh, the Muay Thai at that time. There were quite a few and Muay this Thai is, gyms. This is where we're going to get into. So yeah, did you you trained and you were a professional so, fighter? So yeah, yes, of course. Um, so when I first arrived, um, I was quite uh, fit at that time and uh, physically fit. And um, I came here and it's like I I envisaged that I would spend a year lying on a the beach reading all the books that I'd ever wished that I could read. Well, number one, we came towards the end of rainy season. So you'd go to the beach and within <coughs> half an hour it would start to rain yeah. and you'd have to come back. And number two, is it was very, without having a real structure to the day, having 
worked all, all of my life to suddenly find myself in a situation day after day after day that where there was no structure. Training. I wasn't, yeah, uh, I wasn't really enjoying it very much. And, um, oh God, this is, this is, we, we tangentially been involved in you, the morning. What, what, what? <laughs> There's no way, I don't even, okay. <laughs> you, you tie what? Tangentially, tangentially which is, uh, even if you say it slowly, at, I still don't know what it means. Just, our lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sort of, it's there, sort of doing, a bit like us in the podcast, yeah. sort of there. Yeah, <laughs> at the side of our lives, we had some involvement with the Moito. And um, be because of that, um, we started to watch a, a, a Muay Thai fighter train people. And I was, was he hot? Is that why he was watching? No, 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 no. Okay. He was just uh, um, somebody that we were helping at the time. And uh, I was kind of watching that. And I said to Rian, I said, well, I don't think they're doing anything that I can't do. And um, so we eventually joined a local gym and we went we trained there every day and it, it was it was fantastic it was so enjoyable and of course it provided the structure in the day that we yeah. were or that i was certainly looking for and um yeah we we you know we we met loads of people it was appeared to be a very kind of friendly environment and um so that was how we initially became involved with the muay thai and then? And then. <laughs> yeah, don't I stop there. And just also, can I, I who's, when we talk about we. Rian and I. Yes. So, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I know, but for the, those yeah. people sort of tuning in listening. Yeah, for the listener, we've done Rian. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> in fact, I've done her twice. <laughs> well, which, can we save that for the outro? Yeah, we can, okay. Just cause only because you're sat right next to mum, it might be best <laughs> if we. Well, <laughs> very true. Um, so, but this time you had your your business in the in the UK was I was still running that as well. So you were still so that was still going. That was still going, okay. and actually I used to fly back to do projects from time to time. During that year, I flew by, back twice. I think one to do a project with headmasters of uh, secondary schools, and the other was to do a project on recycling. So I I was kind of coming back and forth. Okay. Uh, so then yeah we. It's good job we didn't do one on carbon emissions. <laughs> <laughs> I've made up for it in the last no, year. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Haven't we all? Haven't we all, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, um, whilst I was training at that gym, I uh, got to know the gym owner, who was a very uh, well-known uh, fighter, Muay Thai fighter. And um, he had the business, but he wasn't... Uh, there were a number of business skills that he needed help on and so I used to talk to him and offer him advice and suggest things and uh, you know I got involved in doing some photography for them and this that and the other and um, towards the end of the year that we were planning to stay he asked me if I would like to invest in that business and I thought wow this is just a golden opportunity this this ticks, what could possibly go wrong <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> this ticks one of my bucket list boxes because... What, to own a Muay Thai? No, to, oh, right. to have the opportunity to work in Asia. It's something that I'd always wanted to do, but 
you know, when I uh, was in my other life, my research life, when I used to, I used to often look to see if I could find a job, and they just seemed to be really kind of scary and a lot of responsibility, and I thought, wow, this is a fantastic opportunity to spend more time in Asia, to, to, to have some time working in Asia. Uh, so, yeah, I invested in, the, in that gym. And, um, can, I, can I sorry to jump in? It, and by doing that, therefore, extending your one-year stint yeah, that here. Yeah, so, and again, just for those that haven't maybe listened to Rianne's podcast, you're here with her. Yeah. Did you both come out together? Yes. Both with the idea, we'll just do this for a year and see how that plays yeah. out. Yeah, and then we're now, we're both, actually, we're going to stay a bit longer. Yeah, well, cool. because during that time, Rianne very quickly became very proficient in Thai. And um, she, so she her was... Thai's amazing. Of, yeah, her Thai is really good, and she can read and write Thai, yeah. and um, she's currently studying now to be a court interpreter, which wow. um, is, is... Which Russell will benefit from, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> which is demanding, it's very demanding. But, so she, she'd become very proficient in Thai, and um, so, yeah, we both decided to... We went back to the UK for a while, and then, then you know because I think I had to work on another project. Mm. And then we came back. In 2010, September 2010, we came back. And I was still running the other business in the UK as well at that time. Uh, what, what was it like? Now, I'm going to... For a, 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 a... Careful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a female white person... A foreigner, I shouldn't say white person. For a female foreigner mm. to step into the Muay Thai... Kind business. Of industry business that must have been quite daunting. I know you're a strong young lady. I didn't actually feel. Did you not even think about that? I didn't that? feel daunted in perhaps the way that you thought about because predominantly most of my career has been predominantly amongst males. Because um, when I was a research scientist in. Uh, BAT, I was the only female research scientist. And, you know, when I uh, had my research company, I'm not saying that the, most of my clients were male, but not exclusively. Mm. So it, I, I, I never thought about the male-female issue. But um, what about from a foreigner issue? Yeah. Or is it more just we're, we're swept along with the adventure of the yeah, opportunity was there? And really, to be honest yeah. with you, I, I, you know, when I look back now, I think, oh, God, <laughs> you know, I... I've come through all of this by the grace of God because mm. everything that I've done has been so audacious, really. And um, I was just swept along mm. with it. And I thought, yeah, wow, what an opportunity. And, you know, it brought me into an arena where there were... Uh, it just had so much life to it. Yeah. It was very vibrant. Also, there was, uh, you know, a lot of younger people. Mm. Uh, people, um, you know, in the first kind of stages of mm. adult life, and there was just energy, is the yeah. word. There was a lot of energy, and I was swept along with that. And so if you'd been here at that stage it. for a while, you'd, you knew the place. I think it might have been different if you'd been in Mutai um, back at, in the UK and came and said, let's, let's go to Phuket and set up a gym. Yeah. That would have been and, way and also, more... And also, because remember, at that time, I wasn't setting that gym up. Uh, correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so I know. which made that yeah. side so, so, of it easier. Yeah. So this gym was down in... Naihan. Naihan. Mm -hmm. And then, so where did the move come to? So, the, unfortunately, um, 
so initially, as you say, was I intimidated? Was I scared? No, I wasn't. But when the deeper I got into it, the um, more I realised that that business was not for me. Um, there were a number of things that at this particular at gym. that mm. at that that particular business right. was not the business for me, and um, that very quickly there began. Uh, Problems began to emerge between uh, myself and my business partner, and mainly because we—I mean, of course, at the time I thought it was all his fault, but actually, with, with ten years of distance, it, it was just a completely different frame of reference. Mm. Um, he had a completely different background to me, a completely different skill set completely different educational level. And I, if I had stayed there for 20 years and tried my very best, we never would have been right, able to yeah. work together. So it was, it very quickly became apparent. Nice idea. A, yeah, theory. lovely idea, yeah, yeah. but oh my God, you know, as I say, when it, it actually came to, it, it was unworkable. It was not possible to work together. But I was very fortunate you, in that. <laughs> what, go on, Russell. No, 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 no. About working together. <laughs> I was very fortunate because once in many respects I'd been quite uh, foolhardy, perhaps some would say, in other respects I'd been very businesslike and sensible. And so when I invested in the gym, I, uh, I went into it with a contract. So the contract was uh, that I invested the money, but that if I wasn't happy within one year, and if I wanted to leave the business, he had to give me all my money back. And he did. Okay, fair enough. In fairness to him, he did. So I, within six months, I was in and out. Yeah. Yeah, it was very quick. And um, so I had all the money back. And um, there, so it meant, because Rian had worked there uh, partially as well, so it meant that she had to come out of the business. And there was also a Muay Thai fighter who I'd been helping for a number of years. My ex-business partner made it very difficult for him to stay in the business as well. So right. there were the three of us out of the business and it was, oh, what are we gonna do what now? Do, what next? You know, we made this big announcement, <laughs> yeah. we've set up this business in, in Thailand and uh, you know, what an incredible loss of face. What can we do now? Oh, I've got a good idea. Let's build one of our own, and, and that's what we did. So and was this it, one was it that simple a thing that because uh, you must have gone through the whole? Well, we could go back home, or we could go somewhere else, or was it just a case of as soon as you came out, I thought, no, let's just do this ourselves. Was it? Is that? I, I did feel that. Um, I I did feel that we could do something that was interesting, and um, I suppose my appetite had been wetted with the mm. previous gym and uh, I'm glad I you said that, that and not Patong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just the previous gym. <laughs> I got that. I'm with you. Whoever gym is. Yeah. Um, I, I felt that we could had the potential, the capability to do something interesting. And I despite everything with the, the, the on the business side of things, I really enjoyed this the business mm. of of um, having a, a, lots a of young fit 
it was, it was just a, it was sweaty, so, sweaty men. It was so, <laughs> so different from anything that I'd ever done before. And I uh, said it almost like brought all my life skills together. Mm. And it, it was like as if everything had come together to, to, to this. this. Was the, sorry, was the gym that you first invested in down south, mm. was that uh, similar to this one where you, you could come and stay for yes. holidays? Or so yeah. so it, it was the same kind of setup, which yeah. is... Which we just not explain. Just not as good. So yeah. <laughs> tourists and locals can come and stay here yeah. and train for weeks, months, however long they want to live here mm. for. Yeah. So, so, and the initial concept of this gym... Oh, that's a Somali gym. Somali. Somali. Whatever. Yeah. So it, the initial concept of Somali was very similar to that gym, which was very similar, but... Different. Slightly. Same, same, but different. Yeah. Um, but a little bit more westernized, for example, we like we added the swimming pool and um, the rooms were uh, better um, uh, equipped. Set yeah, out, yeah. Out, yeah. I, I was going to say furnished, but it's not nec necessarily furnished, but a, a, a slightly higher, it weren't quite so basic, slightly yeah. higher standard. Yeah, a bed rather than a mattress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so the original concept of this was as a traditional white eye gym, and that's how we started this business. And um, so we actually opened this in December 2011, so it's 10 years, coming mm. up to 10 years now. Uh, but but since then we we've evolved. So now we are quite different. That other gym has remained the same, uh, although it's bigger now. But it's remained the same. It's still a traditional mm -hmm. white eye gym aimed at predominantly fighters. Mm -hmm. Our gym is much more rounded. If it yeah. and it's not. It's it's a more holistic offer, if you like. And it's not just about white eye. We. It, it, we've always had a strong focus on nutrition and we've brought in the yoga program as well. So it's a, it's a more rounded offer. Um, because I always felt that the, with the, um, the traditional white eye sector, that they really limited their target market because they, they were uh, predominantly interested, it was predominantly male, predominantly males who wanted to fight. Mm. But, you know, I felt that there was a huge potential for Muay Thai, that it offered, you know, a lot more than that, and that, that a, a much wider cross-section of people could benefit from the discipline of practicing Muay Thai, and that the focus didn't need to be on fighting. Um, it needed to be on, on, on the person and what the person could um, get out of the experience. So that's what we've tried to do with this business. As a, as a trained fighter myself. Yes. Uh, well, I yeah, knew yeah, you yes. would bring that up. <laughs> yeah. I would have been very surprised if you hadn't mentioned <coughs> as, that. As, as a, yeah, a fully trained fighter. I had trained here. And I, you and know, and did. Yeah, yeah, and we had a great time. Well, say yeah. we, we had a great, that's where we met. Yes. Um, how long ago was that? I'm trying to work out. Did she wake you up off the canvas? <laughs> few people picked me up off the canvas. <laughs> yeah. The first time I ever felt that I got knocked out was here. The first time I ever felt my, you know, a proper brain cell. And, and yeah. You know, that was the first time here. The first time, I mean, I, I loved it. I was scared because I'd never done anything like this ever. Yeah. And I, I remember meeting you and, and coming in and I had the same assumption that, you know, a, a Muay Thai gym is for guys who want to fight. It's not for people that just want to come and train and just get fit. Yeah. And I walked in here and I was scared shitless. Mm. I have to say, 
but once you get into it and once you meet the guys and it's it's fun and it's it's a great training process oh, and there's, I no, loved there's it. nothing better than putting everything behind it and smacking the bag yeah it's right? very it's very just satisfying very yeah that. i just enjoy yeah. it yeah i enjoyed the i actually enjoyed the um, the training probably a lot more than i did enjoy the fight <laughs> but I well i'm sure you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting my ass kicked for yeah, yeah, however long i was by a well, young uh, just on a, on a business side of things did you at, at the time when you set this up and, and sort of ran with it did you have a was it always the case of that's the direction we're going in or was there always maybe like an exit strategy at the back that yeah i think we can do this and we'll give it a go but if it doesn't work we'll do something else or or were you always because you strike me as the type that's this is what i want to do and we're we're on the train we're fucking doing it yeah we learned along the way sure yeah yeah, yeah. and um, Hence why we've so it was a adapted. very iterative process yeah. where but you, you were committed you do, to being here yeah, yeah you do something and uh like oh god you know this is causing us a lot of trouble <laughs> and uh, i mean at, at a podcast one, with one time we were <laughs> <laughs> uh we were more focused on the fighting side of the mm -hmm. business in the past. But during that journey, we, we learned a lot. And um, I mean, one of the things, one of the main things was that if we wanted to be a successful business, that couldn't be our main focus. And, and by successful, I mean a viable business. Sure, yeah. And viability to me is where you can meet your com commitments, you can meet your, your commitments to your customers, to your staff, and to yourself. And um, if you can't do that in business, then, then you shouldn't the be point. in business. Mm -hmm. And so in, in order to be truly viable, um, we, we had to change the focus. Otherwise, we were always going to be struggling. And so, so it, was a, it was a long journey. and. Uh, we, um, we're constantly learning. And of course now, uh, during this period of no international tourists to Phuket, we're having to learn again. Mm. And um, so this actually for us has been probably one of the busiest times that we've had in the whole of the time that we've had the business because we've had to think, be creative mm. and think outside the box in order just to remain open. Yeah. You've had some great experience in this business for yes. a long time now. Yeah. I mean, you should write a book or something because that would be, I mean, I'm sure people that, would really like to learn that from your experience. I that's mean, the if thing I was that you, jumps this, out at me. I, I would mean, write a book. Obviously, the podcast would be the, the first step, yeah, but I, mean, I, would, I, would, I would write a book about this. If there was a book about it, I mean, I don't know if you've, well, and if there, and if there, yeah. I mean, if there was one, I would buy it. I, I would buy it. I'd buy it. Okay. So, but so where, where, actually, would, where yeah, would one go? You to? should say that. But <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, so one of the things that we've done to try to survive during this period is we've developed an online platform, and people can subscribe to this platform for um, what we think is interesting content, and we've again we've try to be a little bit different from uh, a, a lot of uh, well, some gyms have done similar things 
but um, what, what they've done is training videos for mm -hmm. different um, techniques, Muay Thai techniques. And we didn't want to go, because that's a very crowded space, yeah. so we didn't want to go down that route. And all, all the time, so many people during uh, the, the course of this business, so many people have said, you should write a book, you should write a book. So I thought, ah, now I've got is an the idea. time. <laughs> now is the time to write a book. So what I have been doing... Uh, oh, I think I've been doing, I'm trying to think how many chapters I've written so far, probably eight chapters, eight or nine chapters I've written so far, is that every month I write a chapter and it's published on the online platform amongst right, other okay. content that we have. But um, yeah, so I, I think I've written about eight chapters now and I think I've got three or four to go. So the book's nearly finished. My target date for finishing the book will be uh, in June, I think. And um, then I have to decide mm. what to do with it, whether to self-publish it or see if I can find a publisher mm. that's interested. Um, at, the, at the moment, I'm pursuing both directions. And, and maybe nobody be interested. When's the 10-year anniversary of this place? December. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You could also so, do an audio book as well. I know someone who's into audio marketing. You should talk to them. Really? They're lovely. <laughs> Who are they? I don't know. <laughs> Not me. Not me. Um, Russell? So, um, I mean, you, you've obviously covered a fair amount. Um, and you've, you've already mentioned you've ticked off one of the items on your bucket list by doing this, really. Okay. Um, what other things have you maybe still got left on your bucket list? So, uh, I've given this some thought because I thought you may ask this question. I'm glad someone's uh, thought about it. Crikey. <laughs> So that was on my bucket list to, to live and work in Asia. Mm. And another thing that has been a lifelong goal of mine is to become proficient in another language. How's that going? Uh, <laughs> okay. How's your, how's your Welsh? <laughs> Welsh I don't speak, oh. uh, unfortunately. No, I don't. But uh, for a long time I studied French. I studied French in school. Who didn't? And uh, <laughs> I study French uh, as, as an adult in night mm -hmm. school and things like that. Uh, but uh, in French, there's an awful lot of little words, and they're very annoying. The big words are fine. But well, the French. In French. They're very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I find so all when words I came annoying. To Thailand, to when fair. I came to Thailand, I started to learn to speak Thai. And... Um, <laughs> I was mainly because when I was out with uh, my daughter and mm. we were with Thai people, I didn't have any idea what was going on. And I thought, I've got to up my game here. I've got to start to learn to speak Thai, which I did. But at that time, I, I didn't learn to read and write it. I was just trying to learn speak it, it by ear. Yeah. And um, I realized that to become truly proficient, um, you, you need to be able to at least read Thai to be able to, because otherwise you just don't get the sounds, you don't no. get the tones. So uh, one of the things I've been doing in the last year when I've had more time is I've been learning to read and write Thai as well. Mm -hmm. So my bucket list is to be, you know, another item which is to become more proficient in a language is hopefully that will be Thai. So I... Um, I've improved a lot in the last year, and um, I've still got an awful long way to go. And compared to my daughter, my proficiency is embarrassingly low. Um, You've just described, in a t on a Thai level, Jay's English level with yeah. probably Sahara. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I think I, my reading level, I would say, is probably of like a five-year-old. Um, Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> in Thai. In oh, England. right. Oh, bugger. So... And in order to aid that process is that one of the things, uh, so during the, the uh, 11 years that I've been here, we've, and I have traveled a lot in Thailand. Mm. At the, as you said, the Muay Thai has given us fantastic experiences. And we've been to places that most tourists would never be, have never, would never go to. And uh, so I think there are something like 75 provinces in uh, Thailand, and I've so far visited about 36. So one thing I would like to do before, if and when I leave Thailand, before that happens, I would like to have visited all the provinces in Thailand. Mm. Cool. And in the, the, the two things, the learning to speak better Thai and the visiting the provinces will go hand in hand. hand. Absolutely, because the yeah. more you obviously go outside the yeah. tourist areas, the more you need to be able to speak mm. Thai. So and also there's different dialects, right? Yeah, and so, so it, will, it will help. The, 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 they will help each other. Yes. Being able to speak more Thai will help the travel, and the travel being more immersed in Thai culture will help the language. Excellent. I like that. Yeah. That's so quite a cool one. Um, we're going to have to finish because we've, we've, oh, we've wow. cracked oh, on for 50 on for minutes. Ages. Really? Yeah. Gosh. Oh, hello. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> hello. It's hello. about to go all south. It was going so well. <laughs> the daughter's walked in. Yeah. Um, it's, there is so much more that we haven't touched yet. We, we, you know, in, we, including we, you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go back down to the pond again. Um, but there's all the charity <laughs> events. There's all the other extra stuff you do, you know, the work you do behind the scenes, all the stuff and the holidays that you go on and all the stuff like that. We haven't even touched that, but um, <laughs> just looking at your, your daughter who can't even walk through a door. Maybe the there door. is some training to be done. <laughs> open a door. Her time might be very good, but she's shit at doors. Um, I think you're a cool person. I got to know you when I did my Muay Thai training. We've become friends, I think. Um, no, we, we have. have. There's no, we there's no thing. We yeah. have become friends um, from that. Um, cool person when this place opens well, it's open now isn't it people yes, still come and yeah, train now yeah yeah so we, make sure you and head we've down. got a good group of local people um that that do come and train every day and have a lot of cool. fun a lot of enjoyment out of it so uh yeah we're certainly open for business and have been throughout apart from the time when we mm, had yeah, to close yeah. compulsory and you've got the the vegan little restaurant you've got the healthy yoga, restaurant yep. you've got yoga got everything and you're come and see you because you're a cool person Thank check you. out the book um We'll, we'll put all the links in the description so people can have a look and okay. sign we'll up check for it that out stuff. from there. Okay. Sweet. Lynn, um, thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much, Ray. That was awesome. Thank you I for really listening to me. Thank you very well, much. No, no problem. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they still have. If they <laughs> <turn> <laughs> <up> now, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, darling. Thank, thank you, really. you. Thanks, Russ. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the outro. Well, that was fun. I like Lynn. She a lot. I like. I do like her a lot. She's been a, a, a big mentor to me. Um, for various different reasons, but she's a uh, she's a cool lady. She's smart. She's lovely. Um, I tell you, I wouldn't mess with her. No. In any way, shape, or form. Wouldn't want to bump into her on a dark and stormy night. <laughs> she, she would. She would kick our both our asses. We'd enjoy it, but she would definitely do some damage. I would definitely enjoy it. No, she's <laughs> no, she's she's, she's very cool. And her story of coming here, and like I said, she's she's the you know the foreign queen of Muay Thai in Phuket. That's for good sure. Way of putting it, yeah. And. She's coming back in now. So we should 
We should start being polite, is that? We can be very, very polite. Yes. But make sure you do check out, and I'm going to ask, as she walks in, I'm going to check out now, because she's... Just she's, to double check. She's walking in. Um, Sumali. Su- Sumali. No, you can... It's all right. You don't have to we're, we're, <laughs> we're doing the outro. What's your it, website? It's sumali.com. Right, so the website... Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. www. Just in case you don't know that bit. Sumaliboxinggym.com. And that's spelled S-U-M-A-L-E-E. I can see that because there's a sign up there. Anyway, we're just saying how lovely you are. Yeah, to be fair. Don't, what? <laughs> we'll keep going, don't that's worry. That's okay, no, we'll, we'll quietly wait for you to collect your things and walk out and then we'll t- say what we really think. No worries, bye. bye sweet. Right, she's gone. I bye. tell you what, she's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, awful, awful lady. <laughs> um, no, she's absolutely going back to it, joking aside. Um, very, very cool lady. I've got a lot of respect for her. And the kid, Rihanna, is lovely as well. Yeah, yeah no, totally. They're, they're a lovely, I was going to say couple, but they're not a couple, but a lovely couple, a couple of people. They are a lovely couple <laughs> so, of people. And and I've only, look, that's only the second time I've, I've met her. Oh, really? Yeah, because I met her here the first time when we did Rihanna. So to speak. So to speak. Yeah, and she watched and she was cool with it. Brilliant. Which i got is, movies yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> so that was fine. But... um. And like she, we, we just had a little sort of slide chat to the side every now and again, a couple of sort of in-jokes. But I just, you know when you, you meet some people and you just warm to them straight away? That's yeah. how I feel with her. No, she's lovely. And, and she's, no, I've, I don't have a bad word to say about her. She's put me in my place a couple of times. And if I've been stupid or being silly, she'll and, slap and me down and stuff. that, millions of people around the world have just warmed to her already. Because <laughs> she slaps me around. <laughs> um, thank you for your listening of us. That was bad England, wasn't it? Uh, please like bad us. Bad England. Yeah, bad England. Please like us on all the social media platforms and give us a five-star rating on the old Apple iTunes Even if iMusic. you think it's shit. Yeah, even if you think it's shit, just, just do it. do five-star anyway. Um, listen to Barkcast, which you can go to Canine Point Academy and um, find it there. You can indeed. Um, and if you've got a dog, then go to Canine Point Academy as well. You but can indeed. in all fairness, you could just go to... Well, I don't know now because you're talking about the podcast or Canine Point Academy. Both. So either way, I would go to PuketPodcast.com, which you can for then all your listening needs. No, go to that, and then it links to it your link website, and then I website. get better. I get better yeah. rankings. So go to PuketPodcast.com. Thanks, Russell. You're welcome, buddy. See you next week. Bye. Bye.